obviously in the hyper cold scenario, the stakes are even higher. But even in the scenario of they're currently a customer, everything comes down to what is this? Why should I care? And what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, you know, whenever I get some comms my way, it's sort of everything filters through those three questions. And it's the same with something internally as well, frankly, because everything comes at this person, you know, especially the more senior they are, everything goes through that filter. Like, what exactly is this? Why should I care? What do you need me to know? Or what do you need me to do? Welcome to Startup Jobs, a podcast where we explore all the different jobs inside a tech startup. What exactly are they and what have we learned from scaling jobs from the inside? While a lot of other startup content focuses on the founder, the investor or specific area like marketing, this show is about your personal and career growth journey in whatever startup job is best for you. Yeah, exactly, Maddie. This show is about you. We want you to be the very best that you can be. We're back, Maddie. We're back. Back for another episode of Startup Jobs. How are you this week? Yeah, doing well, doing well. Looking forward to what's going to be an interesting chat, something that's on your mind. How do I reach out to someone that I don't know that well? Yeah, definitely a topic that's been on my mind the past couple of weeks. Um, I think getting in touch with a number of yeah customers and um, prospects that I potentially haven't worked with previously. So, uh Something that I'd love to talk about today is really this concept of of sending a cold email and not just sending an email that's going to end up in someone's inbox that they're going to send straight to junk um, or delete and they're not going to sort of actually respond to it, but sending the email that actually hits, pulls on the right heartstrings, hits the pains that they want solved now uh, and, and getting a response and ideally getting the call booked, the meeting booked, whatever it is that the outcome of that email was. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a pretty new concept for me, having often worked with people internally who have a lot more of a reason to respond. Uh, so yeah, kind of really keen to unpack the concept of, or, or the the you know the practical strategy of sending a cold email to someone you haven't met before, um, and yeah, eliciting a response from them. Mm, great. Well, let's first of all start with the fact that this skill which is reaching out to someone who you may not know super well and we'll talk about cold versus warm versus hot etc but this skill is super important even if you have nothing to do with sales because ultimately we are all in sales at some point in our life we need to put forward an idea to to a partner as to hey i think maybe we should go to Italy for holidays when your partner may want to go to America. Um, You may be working with a business partner one day and you have a different perspective. Um, And like ultimately at the core of all of those things, it's an exchange of ideas and it's an exchange of, hey, here's how I think about, you know, we should potentially approach this or here's something that I can do or something that I can offer or something that we need to approach. And so um, the 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 cold email concept or reaching out to someone that you don't know is just magnifying the importance of that skill because you're uh, having to show up as, hey, I've got an idea or I've got a thought that you should 
potentially consider or that I think can be helpful and that you should consider and you don't know me from a bar of soap. So why on earth would you prioritize, you know, having a, a chat with me? Um, and that can exist within a cold email, that can exist within a like a cold phone call or a warm outreach or whatever it may be. And that can be in the context of sales, that can be in the context of partnership, that can be in the context of, you know, looking to get funding, etc. So yeah, I suppose I just want to zoom out for a moment and just, yes, we'll get into the specific tactics of how to reach out to someone that you don't know uh, to be able to get cut through and to be able to get that meeting or to be able to get that call. But like ultimately, this is a critical life skill. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point about the different applications of it. Um, and yeah, not not always being someone you don't know, even someone someone that you do know well and are still trying to make that sales pitch in, in whatever um, context it's in. So I guess uh, maybe it's worth us sort of zooming out and breaking down the different concepts we need to think about when uh when yeah making making a request even or being able to frame it in a certain way that that makes someone have a connection to to what it is that you're asking so I'm sort of I'm sort of thinking that um breaking down pains gains jobs to be done might come in here somehow but yeah keen to hear from your perspective how how you think through those different concepts of of an ask or or a proposal to someone Maybe let's just use an example because then it can be kind of easy when we're using a specific example rather than sort of speaking completely in the abstract. So two examples that maybe come to mind um, and then I maybe want to get what is on your mind. So the the sort of classic example would be I've got to reach out to someone completely cold, right? Like I've got to reach out to Acme Plumbing, you know, and Acme Plumbing is a big organization and we have a solution that can help plumbing organizations and you know, I can see John's the chief operating officer uh, and Katie's the CFO and they're two people that usually buy our solution and they don't know me from a bar of soap. They don't even know that I exist or that we exist. Like how would I reach out to them? Okay, so that's sort of like one scenario. It sounds like you've got another scenario on your mind because that's not what you're doing. Um, maybe just quickly touch on what your scenario is and then I'll sort of answer some, you know, through some frameworks that I found really useful to cover both that like uber cold scenario that I just described and then what's the one that you have? Yeah, so I guess the one I've got is um, the persona I'm reaching out to is someone who uh, like I've elicited a response from the before, like they they know the company, like they know that I work for Zipline, they don't necessarily know me as a contact. Uh, we sort of understand where each other sits in the organisation, I guess. Uh, but they're they're not interested in in spending that time with me, so it's not an entirely cold prospect reaching out to them. It's someone that they're a current customer of ours, um, but it just feels like the ask I'm sending isn't a priority for this specific persona at this point in time. Okay, and just to get a little bit more specific, let, and we'll just use a hypothetical, so we're not giving away specific uh, names and companies. But let's say it's um I don't know uh, Acme. Um, yeah, Acme Healthcare, and they're a zipline customer, and you're trying to—I don't know—like connect with someone maybe a bit more senior. Is that the right? You're maybe trying to connect with a COO, and you're sending a note, and you're either getting no reply, or they're just kind of like, "Yeah, no, not really C-suite. a priority." Yeah, yep. okay, great. Um, cool. So in both those scenarios, obviously in the hyper cold scenario, the stakes are even higher. Um, but even in the scenario of they're currently a customer, everything comes down to like, what is this? Why should I care? And what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, 
you know, whenever I get some comms my way, it's sort of everything filters through those three questions. And it's the same with something internally as well, frankly, because sort of everything comes at this this person, you know, especially the more senior they are, and everything goes through that filter. Like, what exactly is this? Like, why should I care? You know, what, what do you need me to know or what do you need me to do? Um, and so, yeah, I suppose the very, very, very first um, step in this process is well, like, what's your goal? Um, and with any comms, with anything that you send to someone, cold or warm or hot or whatever, um, there's really only uh, three things that you need to think through in terms of your goal, which is what do I want them to know? What do I want them to feel? And what do I want them to do? Now, sometimes you may just send something that's, this is just something you need to know. Uh, like you don't actually need to do anything, you know, e.g., I don't know, I'll just use a hypothetical example. Hi, Mike, this is an internal email. You know, hi, Mike, clearly this didn't exist, but this is just a, a random example. Um, you know, we failed an audit in our warehouse for this thing. We've now implemented this policy. The auditors are now happy with it. We don't need to do anything. We're getting an order next week, confirmed, like confident we'll pass it, just letting you know that, right? Um, so that's an important thing for me to know that happened and what we're doing and the fact that we're confident about it, but I don't need to do anything. Now, if the person was thoughtful in the communication, they may even have thought through, okay, what is it that I want Michael to feel? You know, and they may say, okay, I want Michael to feel confident that we've got it under control or what have you. Um, but basically everything should start with sort of what's your goal. Um, and specifically in an outreach, um, like we're talking about here, there's something that you want them to do do right you want them to meet with you for 15 minutes you want them to have a meeting you want an intro you want them to like do something um so in your prep you would go through what do i want them to know what do i want them to feel and then what do i want them to do so the so what do i actually want um you'll be surprised at how many cold emails that i get that actually just fail that test right it'll be like hi michael i'm you know, Johnny from BC, like IT, like we help organizations with this and here's all the bullet points of things that we can do and we think you're really interesting. Like we should catch up sometime. And it's like, like, what, what do I what do I do with that? Like I'm not actually even too, I'm not even that sure what it is that you want me to do right now. Like, and, and it's just so easy to ignore. So um, yeah, the, the first sort of point is know your goal um, and what is it that you want and sort of wash it through this frame of what do I want them to know. What do I want them to feel and what do I want them to do? And then I'll get into some sub bullet points there, but I'll just sort of pause for any initial uh, thoughts. Yeah, I think I like just that point there around basically, yeah, don't send an email that is easy to ignore. Make it a non-ignorable email by hitting those three criteria. And probably like I think the, I guess the the do element is what your ultimate goal of the, um, when you ask yourself that question, what's the goal of this email? it's probably likely, or at least in this situation for me, the do is the most important goal I'm trying to get out of this outreach. I think it's then, yeah, keen to hear what you've got to say next, but I think where I'm really struggling is I know the do. I I, I want them to spend this 15-minute meeting with me, but I don't know how much context to give or the right information to give that's going to be that trigger hook in the, like, the know and feel um, that makes them do the do. What people usually trip up when they're starting out with this is that they feel bad reaching out and they feel like, oh my God, I'm going to this scene and I now need to give all the reasons and I need to explain all the context and I need to (laughs) 
kind of make my case um, as robust as I can as to why they should do the do. Um, and unless you're very direct and very clear, um, you know, on that, and unless you absolutely hit hit the nail on that and you may not know if you haven't met with a lot of these personas yet like if you haven't met with 20 people exactly like them and you can be pretty confident that you can say hey you know cfos like you in healthcare are really struggling with the you know gbh order right now i mean i just made that up and they're all scrambling to get ready for you know the first of november um you know if you and your team are struggling with that we've got a solution that can help you know, happy to jump on a call 15 minutes to share what we've learned with these three other healthcare organizations. Now, if you know that you send something like that and it's something that they're really going to care about, then you're going to get like a response. Um, But if you don't know that, then it becomes a lot harder because let's say you're wanting to have a 15, 30 minute meeting to like reestablish the relationship and have a bit more of a conversation, then yes, it becomes a bit harder to get the cut through of like, why should, why should I care? So um, yeah, I think the first sort of step is, you know, what's your goal and what is it that you want? Um, and the second point is you want to be very direct and very clear. Like I find most people aren't very direct and very clear. They sort of have this like big, long waffling backstory. And so, yeah, like if it's sort of just structurally the way that I would do it is, you know, hey, Maddie, um, I'm Michael. I work at Zipline. You're a customer of ours. Would love to meet for 15 minutes. Um, how's next Thursday at 4 p.m. work? And so that way you go straight to the direct and clear ask. And it will almost feel a bit like, oh my God, how the hell can I go straight to that? Now the person's going, okay, I get it. This is who they are. This is what they're asking. Now the next question they're going to be thinking is like, like, do I care? Um, then that's when you can go into the third area, which is, um, when we meet, you know, we're, I want to cover, you know, points one, two, and three, or I want to ask this question for you and, you know, cover this. And then those points need to obviously be something that's, that's relevant and that they're going to care about. Yeah. Great. And I guess, how is it that you, uh, yeah, I like, I really like the, the direct, um, starting, making it really clear the relationship you've got with this person and what it is that you're asking, uh, and sort of like, I think thinking through, how their brain is going to react and the next question they ask being that, why do I care? Those, I think what comes next in these are the things I want to cover in the meeting can be, you know, I sort of see this as the place where you put, you kind of put the context a bit, like you know what's a top pain or priority for them. And so when they read those bullet points, they go, oh, yeah, tick, that's top of mind. Oh, yeah, that's also top of mind, tick. Yep, that's also top of mind. And so like hence that's why I want to say yes to this meeting. How do you, I mean, I've watched you craft some of those lines that um, that like speak to our customers as well. And I'm probably keen to understand like what's going through your head when you're writing those lines. Like how are you putting yourself in their shoes to know what, um, yeah, what things are going to make them, their eyes light up and want them to say yes to the meeting? So I think um, really the meat of the question is what do I put in these three bullet points as to why have this meeting with me, right? And like ultimately those points should be one of three things. Um, And it's either solving a pain that they really care about right now or two, it's an area of focus for them or their organization. So like strategically we're trying to, you know, win in um, community care and you come to them about ways of, you know, winning and expanding into community care. Um, or the third one is it should be quite shiny and really plays on an intrigue, 
like, huh, what is this interesting shiny butterfly that's come across my desk? And it's intriguing enough to go, huh, like there could be something here that makes me look good, you know, makes me look like an innovator or something like that. But it would link, that shiny butterfly would still link towards solving a problem that I care about right now or an area of focus. And so I'll give an example with the first point. So let's say someone reached out to me and said, hey, Michael, we're from, you know, Acme Blue and we've worked with other founders um, of startups similar to you. Be great to see if, you know, next Thursday at 4 p.m. works for 15 minutes. Okay, great. We've been super punchy. We've gotten straight to the point. I'm clear what it is that they want. I've got a high level of like at least who they are. Now the bullet points come in, right? So basically why, why meet? Why even spend 15 minutes? Now let's say that person goes towards that pain. Now you should only lead with pain if you have a high confidence that that person in that job title right now has a high probability of that pain. So to use an example, if someone reached out to me and said, hey, um, if you're struggling to hire you know, 10 software engineers in a month, like we've worked with other great startups to solve that problem and we do this shiny thing and like let's meet for 15 minutes and I'll explain how we can solve that pain for you. Now, there's been times where I've really cared about that, where you've if you've come to me with, hey, we can help with all these you know, roles that you need to fill at record amount of time. Um, and so I potentially will respond because that's, you've come to me about a pain that's on my mind that we're, we're trying to solve right now. But if you come to me with that pain right now, that's not top of mind. So it's not going to get the cut through. So you should only use pain if you have a high degree of confidence and certainty that the persona has that. Now, this is in a, a, a cold outreach or a semi-warm outreach, you know, in the context of we have a product or a service that could potentially help you, but it's no different as it relates to, you know, reaching out to someone cold about a potential partnership or what have you. So it's got to be something that if it if it's that partner's struggling with getting cut through in a market segment that you know better than anyone else, well, then you can lead with that pain. So you want to be sure that if you pick pain, um, that you've had some sort of validation like around uh, that pain for that persona and you've got a good you got a uh, yeah, you got a, a high chance that they really do care about that. The second area is, or just any any quick questions or comments on that that first area of like leading with with pain. Yeah, yeah, I guess I assume that if you ask the wrong pain, you probably lose the the person within that first line of the email, right? Like you you read that and you're like, I'm not hiring any software engineers, so I definitely don't need ten. Delete button. It's gone. Yeah, correct. And also the um, the 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 level of abstraction really matters. So, what do I mean by that? If you say, "Hey, we can help," like a lot of startups right now are trying to be um, as efficient as possible and be self-sustainable and profitable. You know, we can help you save money. <laughs> like, if if you zoom out. Now that's that's a that's something that I'm thinking about. You know, like that's a challenge that's relevant for us and and, and the industry right now. Like, how do we ensure good profitability, etc.? But if you zoom out and just say, "Hey, we can help you save money," um, it's it's way too it's way too generic. And I'm yeah, like it's got kind of like low believability. But if you're quite specific in, you know, a lot of startups like you have challenges in. I'm just going to make this up, like in recurring billing invoices that have these inaccuracies and we've, you know, been able to increase, you know, billings by 
3%, you know, which helps you with, um, you know, getting greater profitability right now, then it's like, okay, like now we've picked on a couple of things. You're speaking to a pain that I care about at a higher level, but then you're sort of something a bit shiny and intriguing as to like a very specific way in which you can, can solve it. And so, yeah, I think the more specific you can get, um, the better when speaking to speaking to that pain. Because yeah, if you zoom out to, at, to a high level, um, we can help you recruit faster right now, or we can help you get more sales, or we can, you know, increase like your funnel. Like when you zoom out too high, it, it just it has low believability, and we we all hear all these high level catchphrases, and they don't really resonate. Yeah, cool. You know, definitely makes sense. The second one is like an area of focus right now or strategy, and you know, this is where when you're dealing with organizations that publish that content, you know, or that person has. Uh, got posts on LinkedIn about, you know, something, then that can be a really great um, tie-in as well. So it's like, hey, I know at Acme Care right now, you guys are really focused on, I don't know, patient-centered outcomes in, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then when you reach out and you say, hey, I know you and the team are really focused on, and you use their exact language because that will be their mantras internally. Um, We've worked with other organizations like AMB you know, move the needle on that. And then ideally you have a proof point, you know, we've improved, you know, patient experience by 14%. Um, you know, when we catch up, that's something that I'll take you through. Um, and uh, so I think if you, if you link it to an area of focus, then that's also going to be like, okay, we're going to meet and you're going to share with me some things that can help about something that I care about right now. Um, and then the third one is, yeah, something um, shiny or intriguing. And, you know, this is where, technology or a new approach um you know can come in uh to the picture so um and and this is where if you blend these two together it can be really really powerful right so how we know a lot of companies like you at acme health are struggling with the new you know gbh audit and it's often solved by you know having to hire an extra person in admin to do blah 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 you know we've got a shiny new tool that's you know help cut that time down in half you know Happy to happy to take you through, you know, what we've learned, you know, in 15 minutes to see, you know, if this could potentially be a good fit for you as well. And so that way you're teasing a little bit of the um, sort of why you're relevant uh, and how you can help solve some of these pains. Because if you just speak to the pain or the area of focus without actually like, what are you going <laughs> to bring to the table? And you either bring a couple of things to the table, you either bring some knowledge that they don't know. So you've learned things from others in the industry that have um, that, and, and that that piece of info is going to help them internally. So you can you can bring knowledge, um, or you can bring and or you can bring ways of solving it um, that can help them, and you come across as believable in being able to um, being able to solve that. So yeah, I think they're the sort of high level summary. They're the they're the they're the types of points um, that you that you want to be able to put in there. Cool. That's um that's great. And I think that it spells it out well. You find the right persona to target, you run through what your goal of this outreach is, think about what you want them to know, feel and do. Um, be direct in that in that first sentence. Um, introduce yourself and what, what your ask is and then sort of use use the the content of what you want to discuss in that meeting, um, those bullet points as yeah, linking to pain they really care about. Um it's a focus for them or or that sort of last point there around something that's that's shiny for them. 
Now you, you've done all this work, you've spent hours grueling over this email, you flick it off um, and you refresh your inbox every morning waiting for a response from them and, and nothing comes through. Uh, the, yeah, the work doesn't stop there. Like really the work, like that first email is just the first 10%, right? Like what what comes next if you don't hear back? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple of things that are worth finishing on here. Um, silence and no reply doesn't mean that they don't necessarily care. It could be. You could, you could have completely bombed. Um, but busy people, you know, rarely are sitting around reading every word in their email and responding to every single one. It's not uncommon for something that I really care about. I mean, I'll give an example. I reached out to someone who worked for us who now does some contracting work, you know, outstanding um, uh, outstanding guy. I reached out to him to say, hey, we've got this thing coming up. Like I'd love for your support, um, you know, with this type of work. He says, yes, great. Um, and then <laughs> I say, hey, like I'll, I'll send through some info on Monday and maybe we can kind of get started, right? Now, I know this is a little bit different because he didn't cold outreach me, but I'm just using this as an example. That's something that I really want to have happen. I didn't get to it on Monday for a range of valid reasons. I didn't get to it on Tuesday. I had it in my notes somewhere, um, but in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like, oh, if I brief it on Friday, it's fine. Now, this poor guy has now cleared a bit of his plate because uh, he had that call with me late last week. And it's now, now he probably could have reached out to me on Monday at the end of Monday to say, Hey, you said this thing, like, you know, da, 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 da. my point is he felt like he sent me one email, I think on Tuesday, I didn't quite get to it. And then he sent me a text on Wednesday. And then late yesterday, I called him at the end of the day going, Hey, sorry, like being jammed with some stuff. Definitely still want this to happen. Um, now let's do X, Y, and Z. And so I just use that as an example of, you know, sometimes even something that I really care about that I want to action, even people internally, you know, it's not unusual to need to chase busy people and you never need to feel bad about chasing if you're helping. Now, if you're chasing to just getting something that is of no value uh, for them, you know, e.g., hey, I'm wanting to catch up to understand, I don't know, your budget on XYZ or, you know, have you guys, you know, done this and you're just chasing for something that you care about, it's not something that they um, care about, yeah, then, you, then you're going to be annoying. Um, but I think you have like permission, particularly if it's a customer or if it's someone that you've engaged with before, you, you basically have permission to have unlimited follow-up. Um, Steli Efty's got a really, really great YouTube talk on this where it's like, hey, if you've had some sort of engagement with this person or this organization before, you know, you can go, now there's, you obviously want to be sending eight emails a day. Um, so, you know, you, and you want to come across as friendly and punchy. You also never want the person to feel bad. So you never want to have lines like, hey, I sent this thing to you before, you know, just a reminder of this or, hey, you haven't replied in three days. Like, like people are busy. You just need to assume good intent. You need to assume that they've got a stack on. So, you know, nice little follow-ups going, bumping this to the top of the inbox, understand you're flat out, that that Thursday didn't work. How's next Tuesday at 3 p.m.? I find a, a nice little hack in the follow-up is, um, you know, on the second or the third, you can just be like, Hey, how's Wednesday at, you know, four uh, for 15 minutes? You know, confident you'll get a lot of value when we trade notes on points one and two. I've just shot you an invite um, for that time and I've also shot one for Thursday at 8.30 a.m. You know, just accept the one that works or 
um, propose a new time. And sometimes busy people, I've had scenarios where they just hit accept calendar and they actually never reply to the email and they show up, you know, they show up to the meeting because um, that's sort of like the run sheet of their day. So yes, you're right. That initial email, you could have completely have nailed it and the person could really care and you could have gotten the intrigue, but they then have the barrage of, you know, a bunch of other fires, you know, they read your email and then someone comes into their office and says, oh, we've got this issue with, you know, Johnny, who's taking us to fair work over unfair dismissal. And then all of a sudden they're in a three hour workshop over that. And then they're off there and then, you know, their partner calls them, can you now pick up the kids? And they're rushing like in their world, they've got a thousand things going on. And so um, there's very, very valid reasons why you may not get that response straight away. Um, but being a friendly human that's on top of the the chasing and, and coming up with creative ways to to, to, to show up um, is, uh, is is really you, you have that permission for that unlimited follow-up, particularly if you're confident that you know that you're going to offer that value, right? You're like, hey, like meeting with me is actually really going to help you with this, you know, GBH order. Like I, I know that we can help you here or I'm not too sure. Maybe you've got some killer process that has got that figured out, but it's certainly worth 15 minutes for us to compare notes on this because if this is something that you care about right now, and so there's a level of confidence also on your side. I think that's probably the last point that I'll mention. And you want that confidence to come across. So you want a friendly tone, but you definitely want to have this confidence of like, I know that you meeting me is going to be great, right? Either I can help you with this thing or we'll share some tips as to what others have done in solving that thing that you'll walk away with. And out of it, even if you don't buy my tool that solves the GBH audit problem, you'll have met us and you'll know what we're up to and you'll see some other areas. And so you sort of want that inner confidence as opposed to I see a lot of people almost feel bad. You know, they almost go like, oh, hey, like it's me again. Uh, you know, and and they're sort of like sucking their teeth, you know, in the email and they're like almost apologizing. And they, it's like, just get out of your own head. Um be confident, be friendly, be direct, don't give up. Yeah, amazing. Wow, great, strong way to end this episode, Mike. I think the, the yeah, the confidence that comes through with your yeah, direct comms and polite chases and, yeah, and getting creative with with busy execs and thinking outside of the box with things like those calendar invites, um, yeah, is, is super helpful. So hopefully with all, all that we've shared today, this sort of means that your emails are the ones that, don't go to trash and get a response or get an accepted invite. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I'll finish on one one thought actually that's related. Justin Limpkin, who, you know, is the godfather of B2B SaaS, uh, founded Sasta and um, co-wrote the, the great book um, From Impossible to Inevitable, really the blueprint of how to, you know, get B2B SaaS sales going and, 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 and so forth, particularly in the early stages of a startup. He put out a tweet last week, which I thought was quite good, which is you can be completely shit in sales on all dimensions. Like you could have terrible manner. You could know none of the processes. You could like screw up not asking good discovery questions and, you know, just go into a download as to how amazing you are. Like you could screw up all the fundamental tenets of sales and still be moderately successful if you just do one thing. What's the one thing? What do you think it is? Actually, I don't. I don't know. If you if you just have a good relationship with the person. Well, actually, relationship doesn't mean. Um, and, and a lot of people think that, right? I'm a friendly human, or I'm curious, or I have a good relationship. But actually, no. Like you could screw all that up and still have this one thing. Um, and I completely agree with it. And that is, 
product expertise of your offering and how it it, it, it actually like solves problems. Um, because if you think about it, like let's just say we were looking at a new CRM, which we're not, like, uh, you know, we use HubSpot, but let's say we we're going through that process and we met with HubSpot and let's just say, you know, the rep was crazy arrogant, was quite like just, just really didn't vibe, didn't like the, you know, they didn't ask good questions that just spilled a bunch of stuff, but we're like, do you know what? We do need a new CRM. And then let's just say we asked a bunch of questions. Like, oh, but can I do this? Oh, can we answer this? And let's just say they knew everything about the product. It's like, okay, well, you're still giving me something of value <laughs> because you know the thing and you know how that thing works and how that thing can be relevant to me. Now the buyer's got to be in the, in a situation where they actually want, you know, the widget, right. Which is like hard, like in a cold scenario. But I think that's a, that's a good way of framing. And I think when you know your product really well, and you know what it is that you're offering and how it's relevant, that's what then leads to this inner confidence that we just talked about. Um, and then that confidence is like, I know, like when you roll out, um, you know, zipline widget, obviously we're just making this up as a hypothetical. I know that it's going to help you with that GBH order. And then when you jump on the call, I could screw everything up, but if I know deeply what it is that my product does, and I deeply understand all the nuances of that GBH um, audit problem that they have, that is the single most valuable thing, you know, that you have to offer thereafter. So yeah, when you're early on, um, at least if you had the depth of your solution and you understand that, then that's what then gives you the confidence to go, hey, I'm really comfortable and really confident that when we chat, um, there's going to be something good that comes out of it. So yeah, with that, happy cold emailing, happy warm emailing. Hey there. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Startup Jobs. This episode was made in collaboration with our friends at Early Work Academy, Australia's only tech sales bootcamp with a job guarantee. Applications are currently open for the next cohort and all of the details are in the show notes. And finally, if something resonated with you in today's episode, we're posting episodes like this every week, including CEO memos straight from Michael. The best way to get these episodes on the day is by hitting the follow button on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time.